Welcome to Sojourn Grace Collective, a progressive Christian church in San Diego, where our mission is to foster spiritual, social, and emotional wholeness. In our community, we affirm all that makes you you. We celebrate your gender identities and sexual orientation, your race and your socioeconomic status, your physical abilities and your religious creeds. Here at Sojourn, it all belongs. This podcast is a replay of our Sunday morning teachings. We hope you find encouragement and inspiration as you make your way through this week. Visit us online at SojournGrace.com, where you can learn more about our faith community, discover resources to help you find wholeness in your life, and partner with us in our mission through tax-deductible contributions. Thank you for joining us today, and may you know above all else that you are a loved child of God. Full stop. Welcome to Sojourn. So that's the question. When's the last time a voice in your head told you you weren't doing enough? And how did that make you feel? At a young age, I can remember cluing in pretty quickly to the fact that I was well-suited for success in school. Not because I was smarter than the other kids, but because the way that public schools are designed and how our culture models the education, it just so happened to fit with my particular disposition and my skill set. For example, generally speaking, I can sit still and listen to lectures and enjoy them with ease. You know, keeping attention isn't a challenge for me. Second, my desperation for adults' approval, while on the one hand it was an emotional tool developed as a survival mechanism, was on the other hand at the same time a handy asset for getting on teachers' good side. I could ingratiate myself with teachers pretty naturally. Third, I can remember a lot of information for a short amount of time. So memorizing material for the sake of regurgitating it on a test in a couple weeks, eh, for me, no problem. Fourth, whatever number I'm on, writing has always come pretty natural to me. So what I might have lacked in substance, I knew that I could make up for in style. With the right adverbs, redundancy, repetition, and pizzazz, stretching one paragraph into four, that's, this made procrastination as a way of life relatively possible for me. And then finally, as an Enneagram 3, if I'm not the best at something, it's actually like psychologically and kind of emotionally painful for me. So I think I knew early on that things would go better for me if I was at or near the top of the class. So things like ambition and drive, which were natural tools for me in my toolbox, they became beneficial for me in the context of school. But also at the same time, when I think back on that, speaking of being an Enneagram 3, I also learned that in terms of uh, my, my GPA, a 90% was the same as 100%. Both got me an A. So why would I do more work than absolutely necessary? That did not seem very efficient to me. And efficiency plus being the best at something, that's an Enneagram 3's dream. So my approach to high school was basically this. X of Y equals Z. This is the equation I came up with. X of Y equals Z, where X was how much of the Y, which is the work you had to do in order to get Z, the goal. How much of this work in order to get to the goal, which for me was an A. And please don't 
fact check my math because I applied my minimum re effort required to algebra just like everything else. But I was all about I was all about the x. I was all about the x. No more, no less. Just figure this out and do exactly enough. But my entire system came crashing down, however, when I took what I assumed would be a cakewalk elective class, Keyboard Typing 101 with Pam Weiler. A teacher in whom I could never quite find an ingratiating crack to squeeze through, she caught me off guard. Because in her class, it turned out, it wasn't about meeting a minimum threshold on how many words per minute you could type. Rather, it was about tracking your progress and improvement and learning from your mistakes. Guys, these were not evaluative metrics for which I was prepared. As a result, my very first B in high school came in Miss Weiler's keyboarding class, ruining my shot at valedictorian. I ask you again, when's the last time that voice in your head told you that you weren't doing enough? And how did that make you feel? I'm finding there's an interesting relationship between what our goal is with how much will it take to get there. In other words, if you have an idea of what your Z is, how much of Y do you have to do? What is your X? This past week, I can't remember exactly what I was doing in the moment, but I found myself on this mental spiral that I traveled down with some degree of regularity. And the gist of it is this. In addition to my roles as co-pastor here at Sojourn, I've also written a couple books that I try and sell. I co-host a podcast that I hope people listen to. I publish a weekly newsletter that, again, I effort to disseminate. I've got multiple websites and social media platforms and email databases that I try not to just maintain but grow. And these are some of the avenues of my vocational life that I'm pursuing a type of success in, to go back to our earlier conversation around success. And I have, though I admit it with some degree of embarrassment, probably because I don't like admitting to or showing people that I try at things, I have read books and articles and watch YouTube videos designed to help build your platform, to help sell your first 500 books, and to grow your email list to over 1,000 in the first 30 days. As a result, over the past few years, I feel like I've gotten a pretty good sense of what it takes to really make it in these worlds, to have the type of success that starts offering a return on your investment. In other words, if success in all of this is the Z, then I have a good grasp on Y as how much to do, how much of my X I need to do of these things to be successful. And this mental spiral that I fell down this past week for probably the 57th time just in 2020, is, the, is this harsh realization that, quite frankly, I'm not doing enough of why. I'm not posting enough. I'm not writing enough. I'm not reaching out to the right sorts of people enough. I'm not doing enough. I am well below X in this equation. Now, in the past, when I've gone down this mental spiral, I've pulled myself out of it by insisting, no, Colby, you are doing enough. You're doing just fine. Stop putting so much pressure and stress on yourself. You're working hard. You are doing enough. And you can't control the outcome anyway. So release all that and just enjoy the work. You're doing enough. This is how I would talk to myself. And in those sorts of moments, I think back to my high school days and I remind myself that doing 90% is just as good as 100%. As Elizabeth Gilbert or Brene Brown, I don't remember who said it or where I got it from, but somebody out there said, good enough is really freaking good. 
And this sort of self-talk, it works sometimes. And other times, I end up feeling like I'm trying to swindle myself. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or maybe this is also an Enneagram 3 thing. I don't know. But do you ever try and sell your own self something, but you also kind of know it's BS? So this time around, this last week, instead of that approach, I had this thought. What if I just agreed with the voice that's saying I'm not doing enough? What if I said, you're right, I'm not. Not in a shamey sort of way, but just in an acceptance kind of way. And when I did that, when I agreed with that voice in my head, suddenly it felt different. It felt true. Because if a certain type of success in these avenues is my goal, then it's accurate to say I'm not doing enough of the things it takes to get me there. A comparison might be if your goal is a marathon, but you're only training once a week, and your training is just walking around the block a couple times. The legit truth is you're not doing enough. So here's what I'm discerning when it comes to the voice and your head that sneers at you, you're not doing enough. I think sometimes maybe the best response is to firmly reply back to that voice and say, no, no, voice in my head, you are wrong. I am doing enough. I will not be made to feel less than by the siren calls of more. And responding in this way, I think, is an act of compassion for yourself. And especially in times like these when we are all running on freaking fumes, showing this kindness and tenderness to yourself, maybe it's never been more important. Good enough is really freaking good. And then other times, Maybe the response uh, goes something like this. Yeah, you're right. I'm not doing enough. But maybe that's okay. Maybe that's okay. Because maybe it's time that we reevaluate what it is we think we want and what our goals and our desires are. And maybe we've come to see them in a new light. And this new light that we decide that Z, this just isn't the right goal for us. And maybe it's just for now, for this season. Therefore, we don't need to do X amount of Y anymore. Maybe running a marathon is not the right goal for me right now. Therefore, walking around the block a couple times a week is absolutely enough. I think heaven pities the one who spends their entire life climbing a ladder only to finally reach the top and realize the wall that the ladder leaned upon was not a wall worth scaling. Right now we're in a season of collective stress and grief and tiredness. I think we would be wise to care for ourselves in ways that maybe we haven't practiced much before. And that might include being kind to yourself and insisting that you are doing enough. And you will not be held captive to the capitalistic drum of more, more, more. Or maybe you look anew at the walls that you've been climbing, the goals that you're chasing, the success that you're striving for. And maybe now is just not the best time for that.
If that's you, if that second case is you, if you find yourself in this place of, yeah, those goals are just not the right thing for me right now, then I just, I, I pray for you the courage to say, yeah, that's true. I'm not doing enough. And maybe that's okay with me. Amen. I am obsessed with that spiritual nugget of Colby's because as I read it earlier this week, um, I visualized it all as um, an, a practice of um, inner child meditation. Um, so that's what we're going to practice together today in our community communal meditation, um, collective meditation. We're going to practice an inner child meditation. Um, as I read Colby's spiritual nugget, I uh, envisioned him... Um, the truth is that for decades now, we've had several different self-love movements, so much self-help movements, and we still, in 2020, are asking ourselves, how, though, how do I love myself? Everybody says you got to love yourself, just love yourself, love yourself, but what does that look like? And in Kolb's spiritual nugget, I saw the response to that question love yourself by having a relationship with yourself just as you relate to your people and ask your people good questions and you sit and you listen and you act as a detective for them to understand their why their story and you bring all those parts of them with you into the relationship and you help them discover further who they are and their why and you help them pivot which is what Colby's spiritual nugget was about it's about discernment towards yourself. Is this a helpful thing right now? And then when you realize, not right now, you shift and you respond to yourself differently. That is self-love. So if you're asking, how do I love myself right now? Have a conversation with yourself. It's not crazy to talk to yourself. It's actually the sanest thing you can do. So we're gonna do that today. We're gonna talk to ourselves. And one of the best ways we can do that is to practice this inner child meditation where we go backwards. And we take that child by the hand and we bring them with us. That's wholeness, including those parts of ourselves in that journey. So we're going to do that today. I know it can feel silly to travel through time. can feel silly to talk to your child self, to hold them by the hand. can feel silly. And I invite you to push through that today and to really take this seriously and um, just have a moment of conversation with yourself and really practice self-love in this way. So we're gonna travel back in time. So it makes sense for you in your life right now to close your eyes. It's helpful because this is a visualization meditation. It's all about visualizing. So if it would be helpful or make sense for you right now to close your eyes, I invite you to do so. But of course, if you can't, if you're juggling other things right now, meditation does not need to be about cutting everything else out of your moment. Just include it all. So whatever you're doing right now, I invite you to visualize yourself as a young child, just as Colby did in his spiritual nugget. That's what he was talking about when he was talking about school. So go back to whatever that looked like for you when you were young in school. Whatever your Enneagram number, whatever your tendencies, your disposition. For me, I have the exact opposite experience of school, where the way that we built school in our society is a complete um, and utter setup for failure for me. 
for failure, air quoting. Um, And so I'm going back to that space. But then what's so helpful is to see that all of us in these systems that we set up for ourselves, all of us are doing the same thing. We're just learning how to adapt. That's what humans do. So even Kolb, who recognized that the particulars about him were set up for success in this way, that still caused something in him to go, okay, wait, how do I react? And how do I adapt to the system? How do I survive it? And he created for himself all these survival tactics. So we're going to go back to our child self right now and see that in us. So what did the walls around you look like? What was hanging on the walls? Find a classroom, any classroom, it doesn't matter. Maybe it was math class that you can most bring yourself to and see what was hanging on the walls. Maybe it's a hallway. I picture myself in my high school's hallway for some reason. That memory is most vivid for me. Maybe there's a smell. Maybe it's not school at all. Maybe it's your bedroom where you sat and worked on your homework. Can you take yourself backwards in time with smells and sights and sounds and what your body felt like in those moments? Get get for yourself a strong, visual, tactile sense of your younger self. What What was your haircut like? Might make you laugh a little bit. Enjoy the laugh. Embrace the moment. Did you have braces? Did you have acne? What perfume or cologne were you enjoying experimenting with? Oh my God, I just had like Tommy cologne come in my head so strong just now. Okay, I'm there. I'm in that hallway in high school and it smells like Tommy. And I'm wearing baggy jeans that are wet around the bottoms because Oregon. And I feel like an outcast, like an outsider. And I do not know how to navigate this system. And so I begin to adapt. So I'm gonna go, me, myself right now, as I am in this moment, I'm gonna go with her and I'm gonna walk right beside her and I'm gonna hold her hand. And I invite you to do the same. So there's two of you now. It's like an awkward time travel movie. Just embrace it. It's like a comic book show. It's the Umbrella Academy. There's two of you in that hallway, in that classroom. There's the you now, and there's that younger self. And we're going to have a conversation. And I want you to speak to that younger you. And I want you first to affirm affirm for that younger self that these ways that they're learning to move through the world are normal. They're human. They're okay. They do not make you crazy, sweet child. They do not make you a problem. Practice non-judgment for your inner child. Explain to them. Explain to them how it works, that they are learning and adapting and surviving and assure them that they're doing exactly what they should be doing, what all humans do. They're adapting to the environment around them. Tell them that it makes sense. Grab a specific action you know they do to cope. Are you like Colby, where you go for just good enough 
to get that A still? Are you like me, where you just shove all the papers in your binder and ignore that it exists until you've learned that you failed the class and it somehow still surprises you? Wherever you were in that time, you as an adult now speak to that self and assure them that it makes sense exactly what they are doing. That everything particular about them in that moment is shifting to adapt and survive and assure them that that makes sense. Say it. It makes sense, sweetheart, that you're doing this, that you're doing these things, that you're adapting in this way. I see you. Maybe hold that younger self's hand and move to a different spot in the room or to a different room entirely now. I'm gonna move with my younger self through that hallway. And you know, I just realized why that hallway appeared for me. Like that's just coming to me now as I'm doing this meditation. I'm realizing why that hallway was the space. And it's because it was a place of, of extreme, um, let's just say it this way for now so as not to distract from the work. It was a place that makes sense that is stuck in my brain, right? So there's strong association there. And so I'm gonna move my younger self out of that hallway now. We're gonna walk out and we're gonna walk out into the courtyard. It's not that far. I don't have to go far. I'm just gonna walk away from the hallway now and out into the courtyard. So I invite you to do the same. Still might feel a little silly. You're gonna walk hand in hand with your younger self, time traveling along. You're gonna say this way now, just a little bit this way, a different spot. And now I want you to affirm for your younger self. Speak to them and affirm that those messages that they're receiving about their enoughness, because they're getting those messages right then and there. This is where all that you've experienced in adulthood is, is taking shape. Affirm for them that they are receiving messages about their enoughness and that that did something in them. It caused a shift in the way that they carry themselves in the world. There's loss there. There's grief there. There's a loss of a childhood, what we might refer to as innocence, imagination, purity, true self. Say to that younger self, I see you. I see this loss, this shift. I see you responding to the world, sweet one. And I affirm that you're receiving those messages and it's doing something to you and I grieve with you. I see you becoming according to the world's ways. And I grieve with you in that. Grieve with yourself, your younger self. If your mind starts to shift and be distracted from this meditation, use your senses, use your body to bring yourself back to the moment. What was that space like, that younger self space? Use the senses, the smell, the sights. Start describing it to yourself. The courtyard had these cement planters that I always sat on the edge of and put my backpack to the side of, and it smelled like pine. And there were always loud teenage boys everywhere. Now I'm gonna take my younger self's hand again and we're gonna travel one more time. We're gonna travel through space and time again. 
to now. We're gonna bring, we went back to our younger self and now we're gonna bring our younger self to today. Bring them with you. So what does it smell like right now in your house? Are there cookies baking, coffee brewing, a candle lit? What's the scent? Is it hot? What does that feel like on your skin? Bring that younger self with you to that space. We've shared space with our younger self and now we're gonna bring that younger self to share space with our now self. Create a space for them to snuggle up next to you. Be as silly with it as you can bring yourself to be. Share the blanket. Hold space for that younger self with you now today. And again, you're going to affirm. You today is going to affirm that they, are they, that child self, are with you in everything that you do. You recognize that. Say, I see you. I see you in what I'm doing today. And I honor you. Thank them. Thank them for getting you as far as they have. Thank them specifically. Name their coping mechanisms. Name the ways they have shifted and adapted in survival to get you here today and thank them. Even, especially those things that you have named shadow, that you have named unhealthy, that you have named coping. Sure, shadow, okay. And it's how you survived. It's how you made it to today. So thank your inner child that struggled with that message inside of inner critic over and over and over again. Am I doing enough? And just say thank you. Thank you for grappling with that all this time. Thank you for bringing me to today. Thank you for those jobs that you made it so I could have. Thank you for this life that you made it so that I could live. These walls around me are here because you brought me to this moment. And then lastly, invite your child self to join you as you shift yet again. As Colby invited us to ask, is this the question that works for me right now? Is this the conversation I need to be having with myself? Do I need to assure myself in this moment? No, you are, you're doing enough. Or do I need to shift and say, actually, you're not, and that's okay. Whatever the questions of your inner critic that you're grappling with today, invite your inner child to come with you in that work. Join me. Because you have your patterns, inner child. You have your ways of doing things. Colby named today that his pattern has been to say back to that spiraling inner critic, no, 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 you're doing enough. And then he had this amazing moment of self-love, shifting and adapting to the time. And allowing him to say, no, not right now, you're not. That's okay. So I invite you to do the same with inner child sitting with you in the space today 
holding your hand. Invite them to come with you and ask questions. What's helpful for us today? Inner self, inner child. last visualization with this inner child I want you to picture that ladder and I don't know if it's possible to put that image that image was so great on the screen if it is possible great if not just in your own head mind and space imagine a ladder against a wall and again once again shifting space with your inner child take them by the hand and climb the ladder together and I want you today to turn to your inner child and ask this wall that our ladder's propped against do you remember do you remember inner child is it the wall we wanted back before all of these messages filled us up can I borrow some of your pure imagination before those messages can you help me take this ladder and prop it against an older pure version of our dreams and our hopes and our goals. Just allow your inner child to help you evaluate the wall your ladder is propped against. You need her, him, them. You need that young self with you in that evaluating. Is this where we want to be? Is this where we want our ladder? And if not, together you can climb down. Put that ladder wherever you want it to be. And maybe today it's just as simple as acknowledging, nope, it's not really. It's not really the wall we want our ladder propped against. But invite that younger self to come with you on that journey of discerning, of asking. Are these goals the goals we even want to be clamoring towards, to be climbing? we climbing in vain? I hope that however this meditation worked for you this morning, that at least you're able in some way to look back at a younger version of yourself that was first adapting to the world around you. And I hope you're able to include them on your journey now. Take a deep breath in our nose and out through the mouth. Thank you, young self, for all the work you did to get us here, all that adapting, all of that shifting. Maybe learn to include the parts of us that existed before world got to us. Amen. A large portion of Sojourn's financial support comes from listeners like you. 
people who hear messages like this one and want to express their gratitude for our ministry, or who are simply thrilled to know that a church like Sojourn exists. Or maybe you can't attend services on Sunday mornings, yet you still consider Sojourn Grace Collective your spiritual community. If that's you, and you'd like to partner with us in this work, please visit sojourngrace.com partner, where you can make a one-time donation or sign up to be a monthly supporter. Also, don't forget that we stream our services live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific on both our Facebook and YouTube pages. And if you missed it live, you can always re-watch the video playback later or subscribe to this or Sojourn podcast. It was an honor to have you with us today. As you go about your week, may you take with you the words we say at the end of all of our gatherings. Be brave because you're a child of God and be kind because so is everyone else.